can't watch that video without identifying in some way with the heartbreak of that husband. There's a man who, who loves his wife, who pursues her, who desperately wants her back. But the connection that we are to make from that video and from the book of Hosea is with God's heart. That's His heart for His people. We have been unfaithful. We have stepped out on God. But again and again, He will come get us. Again and again, He wants us back home. That's, that's the message that God has for us through the book of Hosea. He called Hosea not just to speak His message, but to live His message out. He called Hosea to marry a prostitute and to have children born of prostitution. What does that mean? Children born of prostitution. Were they Hosea's kids? Were they illegitimate? Were they fathered by someone else? Maybe the fact that a few thousand years later we're sitting here wondering that, that ought to speak volumes to us. It's as if God is saying through Hosea, your unfaithfulness breaks my heart. Your unfaithfulness tears us apart and it makes me wonder about everything that I love. And yet, over and over again, in Hosea, God's message to His people is, I do love you and I desperately want you back and I will pay any price necessary. And that's, that's a message that we need to hear because we've failed. Because we've let God down. But, but if we need to hear it in a church, if we need to hear that message, how much more do our friends need to hear it? How much more do our family members who, who aren't in the church, how much more do our neighbors need to hear that message? You know, people don't forget your failures. And they will name you by your failures. But God says your failure is not your identity. Your failure is not your worth. And then He says, let me show you what you're worth to me. We're going to be in Hosea chapter 3 Today It's a very short chapter, only five verses long. If you've got your Bibles with you, I didn't ask you to turn there. If you want to use one of those Bibles in front of you, it's on page 752 in those Bibles. We also have the notes uploaded if you're using the Bible app today on your phone. When we began Hosea last week, we saw the harsh reality that we've not been faithful to God. That we've left Him over and over again but we also can't miss the message that we see here in chapter 3. And the message in chapter 3 is that God has never given up on us. Verse 1, Hosea writes, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods, and love cakes of raisins. If you remember from chapter 1, Hosea married a prostitute. Her name was Gomer. Go ahead, get it out of your system. He married a woman named Gomer. Names have significance in the book of Hosea. And the name Gomer, we think the name Gomer means complete. And the significance is of, of the name is of our sin. Our sin is, is complete. We have completely failed God. Then Hosea and Gomer have three children and, and those names symbolize the, the failure of God's people. They name their daughter No Mercy. 
They named their daughter, I don't love you. That's an awful name. They named their youngest son, you're not mine. It says a lot, doesn't it? Now, we don't know what's happened between chapter 1 and chapter 3. We don't know how much time has passed between chapter 1 and chapter 3, but Gomer's name is not even mentioned here. God does not refer to her as Hosea's wife. And I think we should understand this as saying that this relationship is broken. She's gone. She has left him. And Hosea is done. He's given up. But God tells him, go again. Go again. Get get your heart broken again. Go and love a woman who is loved by another man. Can I make this a little bit worse for you? In the Hebrew, it doesn't say another man. It says, go and love a woman who is loved by a friend. Implying that someone he knows has taken his wife from him. This is, this is a bad situation. This is going to hurt. And what God calls Hosea to show us is that he will always run after us. In fact, the more you run away from God, the more you will find him pursuing you. The more you will find him running after you. The Lord said to me, go again. Love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. Okay, we probably ought to talk about this. What does God have against raisins? You know, what's wrong with raisins? They are nature's candy. It says so right here. Raisins are nature's candy. Raisins are mentioned a lot in the Bible. Usually you'll talk about raisin cakes. They would take the raisins, they would press them together, you know, kind of the way they get in the box now. But they'd press them together and kind of make an energy bar out of them. It was easier to, to carry and you didn't have to dig them out of your car seats all the time. Thanks, kids. The Bible talks a lot about raisins. Why is God mad about raisins? Raisins are good for you, aren't they? Raisins are healthy. Raisins, raisins are packed with sugar. Raisins are our quick energy. It's a quick energy food. Did you know that the worship of these false gods that we were talking about here in Hosea, the worship of these false gods often included orgies that you would go and have sex with, with temple prostitutes? Did you know that, that raisins in those days, it was thought that raisins might even be a, a, an aphrodisiac? And God is saying... Your heart isn't for me. Your heart isn't after me. You're not pursuing me, and your appetites prove it. And right now, about half of you are on your phones Googling the word aphrodisiac. And the other half of you are on your Amazon accounts ordering a box of raisins. Here, Jim. Anyway. Our appetites speak volumes about what we're really devoted to. Not just our appetites for food, although that says a lot, and certainly not our appetite for, for raisin cakes, but our appetites for gossip, they speak volumes about what we're devoted to. Our appetites for drama, oh my goodness! Our appetites for, for lust, our appetites, maybe our appetites for alcohol, maybe our appetites for drugs, our, our appetites for sin. In the, in the very next chapter, which starts very shortly after what we've just read in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, 
Hosea writes, Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. There is instead, there is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore, the land mourns and all who dwell in it languish. When our appetites are strong enough, they will own us. And God says, I know these things own you and I want you back anyway. And even with those appetites that own us and all the things that we do that make us feel like failures, God longs to show you what you're worth to Him. He longs to show you your worth. Because, you know, failure has a way of making us feel worthless. And no one knows your failure like you. You are your own worst critic. You will hold yourself to a standard that no one else would dream of holding you to. Ultimately, a standard that you cannot live up to. So when it comes crashing down, and it will come crashing down, who's going to tell you how valuable you really are? Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to trust to do that? God told Hosea, go get your wife back. Go love her again. And then in verse 2 of chapter 3, Hosea reports back. He says, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I want you to notice something here. Verse 1, God did not say, go buy your wife back. Go pay for her. He didn't say that. He said, go love her. And I would suggest to you that Hosea knew God's heart so well, he knew that his wife had value to God. And he was willing to show her that she had value to him. Now, we don't know what this price is. He, he buys her back for some silver, with some silver and about 10 bushels of barley. Um, we don't know exactly what that price is. We don't think he's buying her as you would a prostitute. He's not renting her time because God, uh, that does not fit with God's call here. It might be that she owed a debt. It might be that she was in debt to someone and, and Hosea is paying her debts. I think it's more likely that what he's paying is the bride price. You know, back in those days, you wanted to marry a girl, you would, you would settle up with her dad. You would have to give him something in exchange for her, right? And so you would, you would pay the bride price. And it may be that Hosea is paying the bride price, but they're already married. I think Hosea is showing her, I would do it all over again. I would do it all over again. You're not damaged. You are beautiful and you are worth the cost. You know, the best way that we can show people that God values them, the best way we can show people that God values them is when we value them. When we show them they have value. And God has equipped us with, in some wonderful ways to show people that they have value. For example, He has equipped us with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are a wonderful way to show people they have value. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I'm still hearing stories of your kindness. I'm still hearing stories about, from people who got cards from you a few weeks ago uh, telling them how, how valuable they were. 
people in this church got cards from other people in this church, and that spoke volumes. And people are still telling me stories. I got a few cards back, and, and I've got them on display. They're, they're on my desk. I keep them handy. I, I love those cards. But I got to wondering, what would happen? what would happen if we sent those cards to people outside the church? What if we sent them to people outside these walls and told them how valuable they were to us? You know, we've still got a few cards in the entry area back there. We could probably do that. I wonder what would happen. What if we used our kindness to show them their value to us? What could that do? Verses 2 and 3 again. Hosea says, So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. And so will I also be to you. Hosea knew God's heart for his wife, but he also knew God's call. God's call to holiness, to run from sin. God calls us to holiness. He calls us to to run from sin. He's not trying to spoil our fun. It's a call to treat ourselves with the same value with which God treats us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. The, The ultimate price was not Hosea's. The ultimate price for us was Jesus' price, His blood, His body broken. How do we honor that? We honor that by committing ourselves back to God. We honor that by realizing that as broken as you might be, God wants you back. As broken as you might be, God wants you back. Verses 4 and 5 give us Hosea's message to God's people and And it is a promise. It's a promise, but things are not going to be easy. But the promise is, I will never abandon you. He says in in verse 4, For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household god, without king or prince. In other words, they're going to dwell for many days with no leadership. Uh, No one who's going to be the head of the nation. No one to give them direction. They're going to be wandering. Without sacrifice or pillar, these are things that are part of the temple without any way to call on God. These are the consequences of sin that they separate us from God. But that doesn't mean that He's abandoned us. He wants us back. Verse 5 says, Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. By the way, David had been dead for a long time. This is pointing ahead to someone who is like David. Someone who will follow in the name of David. This is pointing ahead to Jesus. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to His goodness in the latter days. There's a message here. And it's not just for us. It's not just of God's love for us, but God's love for all who have run off, all who have abandoned Him, for all who have, broken, have been broken in their sins. As broken as you might be, God wants you back. He wants to show you His goodness. There's a preacher in, in Texas named Matt Chandler, and I, I've really appreciated what I've heard in his messages. I've really appreciated what I've read of, of Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler has an amazing passion for forgiveness and for the love of God. He, he has this incredible passion. 
Matt tells the story about when he was in college. He was a college freshman, and, and during one of his classes, he got seated next to a, a lady named Kim. Kim was 26 years old. She was going back to college. She was single, and she had a baby. And, and Matt and his friends decided they were going to witness to Kim. They were going to encourage her. They were going to try to show her Jesus. And so they started taking care of Kim. They would go over to her house and they would babysit for her while she was in class. And they would talk to her. They would encourage her. They would kept telling her about Jesus. Kim was in a relationship with a married man. And they talked to her about why that might be a problem and, and why that wasn't wise. And after a lot of time of, of talking and encouraging her, they had an opportunity to invite Kim to come with them to, to a worship service. They, they told her it was a concert because one of their friends was playing in the band. They said, you know, come and listen to our friend play. And they, they didn't tell her there was going to be preaching. So Kim came with them to this concert and, and she loved the music. And then the preacher got up. And the first thing he said is, was, tonight I want to talk about sex. And Matt Thinking about it, he says, the thought hit my head, uh-oh. And that preacher preached the most, the most judgmental, the most hard-hearted message that Matt said he had ever heard. The centerpiece of his sermon was a, was a single long stem red rose that, that he showed everybody. And he, he held the rose up and he says, look at how beautiful this rose is. Look at how beautiful it is. And, oh, it smells beautiful. The, the petals feel so amazing. So this is a beautiful rose. And then, then he, he, he threw it out into the audience. He said, I want everybody to experience this rose. I want everybody to feel the rose, touch the rose, experience the beauty of this rose. And then he went on to preach his message. And in the end, he asked for his rose back. And members of the audience, there was about a thousand people in the audience that day. They they passed the rose back up and it was broken. It looked awful. And the preacher held the rose up and says, look at it! It's broken! It's ruined! Who would ever want this? He said it was all he could do to not yell out, Jesus wants the rose! Jesus wants the rose! That's the point of the Gospel. That's the whole message. Jesus wants the rose. That's why He came. God wants to bring us home through Jesus. Not counting our sins against us, but He who had no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's the message of the Gospel. No one is ever so broken. No one is ever so used up that they are not welcome. In Kansas Christian Church, if we miss that, we miss the message. We miss the whole reason Jesus came. And so in those times when you feel worthless, in those times when you have fallen so far and you've failed so badly, the message of Hosea comes back over and over again. God knows your worth. He knows that you are worthy of His love. You are worthy of His forgiveness. You're worthy of His restoration. That's more than just about the price that Hosea paid for his wife. It's about the price that Jesus Christ paid for us with His blood. Hosea 
prophesied at the same time that another prophet was prophesying. That other prophet was Isaiah. Hosea and, 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 and Isaiah were contemporaries. They prophesied at the same time. That very long book in your Bible of Hosea, 66 chapters long. In chapter 1, it starts out, verse 18 says, God says, come, let us reason together. God says, let's think through this, you and me. Let's, let's work this over. And then He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's the promise. The promise through Jesus is, I can wash it all away. You can be new again. And it's not because you've earned it. It's not because you've been good enough. It's not because you deserve it. It's because He loves you. There is so much more grace in God's love than there is sin in your life. And so we want to extend an invitation to you. And before I make this invitation, I just want to let everybody know, you are surrounded by a bunch of failures. <laughs> You're surrounded. There's a room full of people who have failed. Everybody in this room has, has failed. We have failed over and over again to live up to God's call, and yet His love still pursues us just as it pursues you. And so, if you need to respond today, if you need to say, I'm tired of running and I want to come home, if you need us to pray with you, I'm going to give you a couple of options. One, come Come pray with me. I'll pray with you up here. Also, our elders and their wives are going to be going back, opening that door back there and going into my office. They're going to be back there if you want to pray in someplace a little more private. They would love to pray with you and help you work out what the next step is. And if you want to do that, even after the service, they'll still be there, right? Right. But we invite you to... We just want to remind you of your worth. What your worth is to us and what your worth is to God. And so as we sing this old song, um, we ask you to come. Hosea's message and Jesus' message continues to ring out. Just come home.